Welcome to Communicate to Lead, the podcast that empowers leaders and aspiring leaders to communicate with clarity and impact. I'm Kelly Belton, CEO and successful entrepreneur and your host for today. I'm here to equip you with all the essential tools and strategies to master effective communication and lead your team to success. As the founder and CEO of The Tailored Approach, my goal is to empower you to be the best leader you can be. So sit back, relax, and join me in today's episode as we dive into the art of communicating like a true leader. Hey there, welcome to another exciting episode of Communicate to Lead. I'm so thrilled to have you here today as I dive into the world of self-leadership, a concept that I believe is vital for anyone looking to succeed and thrive. If you're wondering why on earth am I talking about self-leadership, well, I am facilitating a session tomorrow for a team of about 30 people, and it's all on self-leadership, communication, and confidence. And that gave me the idea to really dive into self-leadership, to talk about it on the podcast, and maybe give you some insight into what self-leadership is if you haven't really thought about it in so many words. So if self-leadership is a new term to you, let's start by defining it. Simply put, self-leadership means taking control of your own life and leading yourself towards your goals and values. It involves key skills like self-awareness, self-regulation, and self-motivation. And trust me, it's not only important, it's essential, especially for women in leadership. So why is self-leadership so important, you might ask? Well, when we take charge of ourselves, we become empowered to make decisions that align with our true selves. We develop the confidence to embrace our unique strengths and capabilities. And as women leaders, this confidence is key to breaking through barriers and shattering societal norms. And we all have dealt with those. We all know that there are barriers that we have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. We all know that society expects us to do certain things and to do them a certain way. But what if we don't fit that mold? Or even better, What if we don't want to fit that mold anymore? So here's the thing. If you want to make a big impact, you have to become an expert at self-leadership. Let's dig a little deeper into the impact of self-leadership on your personal and professional development. One of the biggest areas where self-leadership shines is in building confidence. When you lead yourself, you gain a deeper understanding of your abilities and worth. You become more comfortable in your own skin, which radiates and shines through your work and interactions. The result? A confidence that not only inspires you, but also inspires those around you. I mean, doesn't that sound good? And yes, I want to just come back to Becoming comfortable in your own skin. I think for me in my 20s and early 30s, this is really what I struggled with. Being comfortable in my own skin. I didn't know what that meant. I didn't know what that looked like. And I had to go on this journey of discovery, working with different mentors and coaches 
to finally get to a point where I know who I am. I know what I stand for. I know what I care about. And I know what being comfortable in my own skin feels like. So when I get to a point when I don't feel comfortable in my own skin, I also know what I need to do to get me back to that place where I feel centered and grounded as a human being, as a career woman, a business owner, a wife, and a mother. So a lot of hats that we all wear, as you know. So decision-making is the second area that is greatly influenced by self-leadership. When you practice self-leadership, you tune into your own needs and desires. You become better at making choices that align with your values and propels you towards your goals. This ability to make decisions with clarity and conviction is a superpower that sets you apart as a leader. So if you want to be known as a great leader, you have to really get clear on your abilities. You have to get clear on your goals, your vision, and then you have to drive it with conviction. Something that I know some of my clients haven't thought about before they start working with me is the fact that self-leadership has a huge impact on relationships. Now, you all know this by now. I'm all about communication. I'm all about connecting with those around you, and that deals with relationships. So whether you know it or not, self-leadership has this big impact on your relationships, both personal and professional. And when you're able to lead yourself successfully, you gain a deeper understanding of your own values, boundaries, and priorities. This in turn allows you to foster healthier and more fulfilling connections and relationships. You are able to surround yourself with people who support and empower you, and you can create a network that moves you towards success instead of being surrounded by people who keep you stuck or at least they don't really help or inspire you to do more with your life. So whenever I discuss the topic of self-leadership, I draw inspiration from remarkable leaders who embody self-leadership. And today I want to highlight two women leaders who come to mind for me. And they are Indra Nui and Sarah Blakely. Let's start off with Indra Nui. She is the former CEO of PepsiCo, one of the largest food and beverage companies. She broke barriers and transformed her industry through her unwavering belief in herself and her vision. She was also the first woman of color to lead a Fortune 500 company. She's demonstrated self-leadership in many ways throughout her career. She is a strong and decisive leader who is not afraid to take risks. She's a visionary who has helped to transform PepsiCo into a more sustainable and responsible company. She worked her way up the ranks at PepsiCo. She didn't just start off as the CEO. She had to work her way up the corporate ladder and eventually became CEO in 2006. Under her leadership, PepsiCo's revenues grew by more than 50%. Yes, you heard that right. More than 50%. When she was first promoted to CEO, she knew that she had to make some tough decisions. She decided to focus on healthier products and reducing the company's environmental impact. Of course, these decisions were not popular with everyone, but because she knew what her vision was, 
she stood by them because she believed they were the right thing to do. She's a strong advocate for women's empowerment. She has spoken out about the importance of women in the workplace, and she has worked tirelessly to create more opportunities for women at PepsiCo while she was still there. She also mentors young women. She has spoken to them about her own experiences and encouraged them to pursue their dreams. Can you tell that I'm a big, big fan of Indra Nui's? I really am. And then another woman who I want to highlight is Sarah Blakely. And I want to highlight her not only because I love her products, I love what she stands for, but Sarah is another example of a self-led woman. She's the founder of Spanx, a billion-dollar company that she started with just $5,000 in her savings. She's a self-made billionaire. Yeah, billionaire with a B. And one of the youngest self-made women on the Forbes list. I love her products. I love what she stands for. I love her philosophy of never giving up and always tapping into your resourcefulness not accepting no as the final answer. She has demonstrated self-leadership in many ways throughout her career. And the reason why I love her products is because she saw the need for a better way to smooth out the body under clothes and took action to create Spanx. And you know what? As a woman in my mid-40s, I love everything about Spanx. I feel confident. I feel beautiful and I show up as my best self. Sarah Blakely is a risk taker who was not afraid to quit her 9 to 5 job as a door-to-door fax machine salesperson. I mean, think about it. She went from selling fax machines to creating this billion-dollar company that helps women to feel comfortable in their skin, to feel beautiful and confident. She pursued her dream of starting her own business. She started Spanx in 2000, I believe, and it quickly became a success. Well, there were ups and downs, you know, quickly is relative. The company now sells a variety of body shaping undergarments, leggings, and apparel designed to give a slimming and smoother appearance. So if you don't know about Spanx, this is it, friend. Go check out her products. She really delivers on her products and helping women to feel confident in themselves. She's also a strong advocate for women's empowerment. Similar to Indra Nui, she has spoken out about the importance of women in business and she has created more opportunities for women entrepreneurs. These two women, Sarah Blakely and Indra Nui, exemplify the power of self-leadership. They remind us that we all have the capacity to lead ourselves and make a difference. Their stories inspire us. Hopefully you too. It inspires me to step into my own leadership and embrace the challenges and opportunities that lie ahead. So how do you develop self-leadership? Here are some strategies. Self-awareness is a crucial starting point. Take the time to reflect on your strengths and weaknesses and ask others for feedback. I know I keep harping on feedback, but truly, when we ask others for feedback, that insight will help you understand where you need to grow and improve. The second one that's important is self-regulation. Set clear goals and standards for yourself and develop healthy habits and routines 
that support your overall well-being. Remember, self-care is not selfish. It's necessary to, to be an effective leader. And my question to you is, what's one thing that you can do today to take care of yourself or dream bigger than you have lately? Now that you're clear on that, go ahead and do it. Don't hesitate. Don't wait. Go ahead and do that one thing to take care of yourself or to help you dream bigger than you have. And then lastly, number three, self-motivation is key to sustaining self-leadership. Find your why, the purpose and passion that drives you. If you don't know, maybe check out Simon Sinek's book, Start With Why. But really think about what is your purpose? What is your passion? What drives you? And stay positive and resilient even in the face of challenges. Surround yourself with a supportive network that will lift you up and encourage you to keep pushing forward. There is no price on having a community of people who believe in you unequivocally and they want to see you succeed. So if you don't have a single person in your life, that's your task this week. Find one person you can connect with where you two can support each other and cheer each other on and push each other to your biggest success. Okay, so of course, developing self-leadership, it's not without its challenges. Let me be clear. When seriously leaning into self-leadership, you are going to run into obstacles and challenges, but don't give up. Don't give up. Just keep going. Keep pushing. Reach out to people who are smarter than you, who are better than you, who have already done this, and ask them for help. One of the things that we struggle with is asking for help. But find someone who can help you, who can inspire you, can motivate you, and then do what you need to do to go where you want to go. Okay, getting back to the challenges. Some of the challenges that we can face are a lack of confidence, imposter syndrome, perfectionism, and overcommitting. When you experience a lack of confidence, the following might be true for you. You might feel like you're not good enough. Maybe you've been told that you're not as capable as others, or you've been compared to other people who are supposedly better than you are. Perhaps you're afraid to speak up or take risks, and this can hold you back from taking on new challenges and opportunities. Something else you might be doing is second-guessing yourself. When you second-guess yourself, it can be difficult to make a decision or to stick to your plans. I know this one is so true for me. I have to be intentional about moving past second-guessing myself and making a decision so I can take action. Because when I start second-guessing myself, you know what I do? I procrastinate in a very specific way. I will ask all kinds of people for their input, for their insight, for their recommendations. And that just is procrastinating. I'm not making a decision. I'm not moving forward. I'm not taking action. So instead of second-guessing myself, I tend to get two people's input, my husband's and one of my business friends. And once I have some insight, I make a decision. I close my eyes, make the decision, and I move on. Because even if the decision is not the right one, now I have some feedback, I can make a different decision. So that's one. The second challenge is imposter syndrome. You know, 
imposter syndrome shows up differently for many of us, but perhaps you feel like a fraud. And this can happen even when you've achieved a ton of success. Maybe you are afraid to be found out. This is the thing for me. For me, it's the, oh my gosh, people are going to find out, figure out that I'm not as good as they think I am. And this often prevents me from taking credit for my accomplishments or achievements. And how imposter syndrome also can show up is you dwell on your mistakes. And when you do that, it can be so tough to learn and grow and move on. So that's imposter syndrome. The third challenge, perfectionism. I know you probably have heard about this. I think I've talked about it. It's what we do when we start setting unrealistic expectations, and that leads to stress and anxiety. When you are perfectionist, you are afraid of making mistakes. So what do you do? You don't take any risks and you don't try out new things. You are unable to let go. And this makes it hard to move on and focus on the present moment because you're dwelling on the past or you're thinking about the future. Perfectionism is not a positive. It's not your friend when it's holding you in one place and it's keeping you stuck. Overcommitment. And I think this is often one that women tend to fall prey to, taking on too much, saying yes to everything, not saying no. And you know what happens? It leads to stress. It leads to burnout and health problems. When you say yes to everything, it prevents you from prioritizing your needs and your goals. When you don't say no, you can feel resentful and overwhelmed. And this definitely is one I'm constantly working on. I have a tendency to say yes before I think about how this will impact me, my life, my loved ones. So I am working on saying no or at least taking some time to think about something before I respond automatically with my yes. Now that we've covered those four challenges, here are some strategies you can use today to manage or overcome your challenges. If you struggle with a lack of confidence, here's what you can do. Build your skills and knowledge. Take on new challenges. Get feedback from others and celebrate your successes regardless of how small or how big. If you got up this morning and you made your bed and you sat in front of your work computer, even though you didn't feel like it, celebrate that. Because it's a little step, but you did something despite not feeling like that. Find a mentor or role model, someone who can offer you support and guidance. This one has worked so well in my own life. Whenever I struggle, I make sure to find someone who is further along in the journey that I'm taking, someone who's smarter than I am, someone who is skilled at something that I want to learn. And then I lean into that. I have conversations and I make plans and I take action. Challenge your negative thoughts. When you start thinking negative thoughts, remind yourself of your strengths and accomplishments. Take out your journal. And I want to encourage you, buy a book, buy a journal, take a piece of paper, take out your iPhone and go to your notes app. Start making note 
of all the things that you are accomplishing, all the things that you are doing well, all the things that people ask you for advice, that people constantly praise you for, those are your strengths. Those are your accomplishments. So write them down. And when lack of confidence shows up, that is when you lean into that, read that through and remind yourself why you are amazing, why you have succeeded this far. And if imposter syndrome is keeping you from raising your hand to new opportunities or taking some challenges, here's what you can do. Acknowledge your accomplishments. Again, make a list of your successes and remind yourself of them regularly. Whether you do it every morning, whether you do it every night, whether you do it morning and night, do what you need to do to remind yourself of what you have already done successfully. Talk to someone you trust, a friend, family member, or therapist can help you to challenge your imposter thoughts. Focus on the present. Don't dwell on the past. Don't worry about the future. Ask yourself, what is happening right now? What can I appreciate? What are my eyes seeing? What are my ears hearing? What do I feel on my skin? Focusing on being present, moment-oriented will help keep imposter syndrome at bay at least for that minute, for those five minutes that you decide to be in your body and present with yourself. Okay, that was imposter syndrome. Now, if perfectionism is holding you back from taking action and completing tasks, which is my big thing, I want to encourage you to set realistic expectations. Don't expect to be perfect at everything you do. That is a good thing. That is okay. Learn to accept mistakes. We all make them. And it's how you learn and grow. The more mistakes you make, the faster you will learn. One of the stories that I remember Sarah Blakely sharing somewhere on Instagram, if you don't follow her on Instagram, go follow her. She's amazing. And she often shares stories of her upbringing and her childhood. I remember one of the stories she shared was how her father would get home from work every day. They'd sit around the dinner table and the question he would ask the kids is, how did you fail today? I'm paraphrasing very badly, but essentially it was, how did you fail today? Not what did you succeed at? Because he wanted to normalize failure in the sense that failure was growth. Failure was learning. It wasn't something bad. It wasn't something his children needed to hide. For them, when they could come home and say, hey, dad, I tried this and it didn't work. He applauded them for that because they built their resilience muscle. They didn't fear failure or making mistakes because they knew their dad would be so proud of them. And then focus on the process, not the outcome. That's what perfectionists tend to do. We tend to focus on the outcome. So instead, focus on the process. Don't be so focused on the end result that you forget to enjoy the journey. Have fun building your business, have fun leading your team, have fun learning to ski or play guitar or run around the playground with your children. Enjoy what you're doing and don't be so concerned about what the destination will look like. Okay, here's the last one. If overcommitment has led you to burnout, here's what you can do. Learn to say no. Say that with me. Learn to say no. It's okay to say no to things that you don't have time for or that aren't a priority to you. 
And one thing that I've learned, no is a complete sentence. You don't have to explain yourself. You don't have to defend your no. Simply say, nope, I don't have the time for it right now. And then leave it at that. Prioritize your needs and goals. Make sure that you're taking care of yourself and that you're working towards your own goals, not someone else's goals, not your boss's goals, not your friend's goals. Make sure they are your goals. Delegate tasks. Don't be afraid to ask for help. If you have too much on your plate, ask yourself, what are the things that will make the biggest difference that I need to do now? What can I do later? And what can I give to someone else to do? Because one, they are better at it than you. Two, they have more time than you do. Three, maybe your time is more costly. If you think if you work out in terms of how much your time costs, can you delegate that to an assistant, a virtual assistant, instead of trying to do all the things yourself? Remember, developing self-leadership is a journey and not a destination. It takes time and effort, but it's so worth it. When you lead yourself, you'll be in control of your own life and you'll achieve your goals. So my friend, as we wrap up this episode, I want to remind you of the importance of self-leadership for your personal and professional development. Take the time to reflect on your own self-leadership skills and identify where you can grow and improve. Embrace the power within you to lead yourself towards a brighter future. As I wrap up today's episode, I'd like to leave you with a challenge. If you found today's strategies helpful, I encourage you to pay it forward and share this episode with someone in your life who could benefit from it. By spreading the word, you'll not only help others grow and succeed, but you'll also be contributing to a positive ripple effect in the world. Thank you so much for joining me again. If you found today's episode helpful, please leave me a five-star review. Your feedback not only helps me improve, but also helps other leadership enthusiasts find my podcast. Until next time, my friend, this is Keely reminding you that great communication is the foundation of inspiring leadership. Keep learning, keep growing, and remember to communicate to lead.